Hello and welcome to the Betches Up Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Up Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happened in the news, explained by your two funniest friends. Which is us! Yay! Today we're talking about Trump's attacks on McCain. We're also talking about the 2020 candidates and the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. Wow, can't wait. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents... I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bet crazy. <laughs> Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! And we're off to a rough start. (laughs) You guys don't know this, but we had to do the intro a bunch of times. Yeah, I don't know what what was going on. I had a late night, Mm -hmm. so that's what I'm... That's what I'm putting my I saw on. I saw Captain Marvel last night and Ooh. I I did not drink but I had a lot of sugar and I think I have like a sugar hangover today. Wow. I had like a huge soda and a, pa- a bag of Sour Patch Kids and like afterwards I was like my mouth feels disgusting. And I think that's why I'm feeling weird. I haven't seen Captain Marvel yet, but I am seeing Us with my boyfriend Ooh. tomorrow, and I'm really yeah. excited. And that's a very anticipated film for me. Yeah, it looks scary. Yeah, I'm excited. That, like, creepy Lupita Nyong'o mm-hmm. the doppelganger yeah. laughing. No, no, I lo- no. I no. love Lupita. Yes. Uh, it's going to be Lupita. so good. Brian, tell me, what has been getting you through this week in Trump's America? Well, this is some personal news for all of us. Yes. Some very exciting news. So we are doing our first live show in New York. Yes. On April 15th at the Pit Loft. Mm-hmm. It's at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. The tickets are $8. Yes. Light cheap. eights. Come on. So cheap. Yeah. It's going to be a really fun show. Yeah. It'll be like super like like intimate. So I would like capitalize on getting tickets now. Yes, it's a it's a small kind of intimate was a good yeah. word. It's an intimate venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting stuff ready for as you know, we are going to DragCon in yeah. L.A. in May. So we wanted to run a couple shows for our New York fans before then. They're yes. going to be real fun. Yeah, real fun. Newsy, yeah. real politics. We've got Fat Carrie Bradshaw mm-hmm. opening for us, mm-hmm. uh, also known as Chris Burns, yes. Brian's co-host on Everyone's Gay, yes. and yes. the star of our Types of Girls video series yes. that truly everyone on Earth loves and adores. <laughs> and also, so we're we're promoting it here and only on the newsletter for the first couple of days, just to make sure that the like the sub listener fan base yeah. really gets the first dibs on the tickets. So. Yes. If you want to go, I would go sooner than later because we're eventually going to start promoting on social. And, and then, you know, any it's, Tom, it's Dick, and Harry can get a <laughs> ticket then. So exactly. I'd say get them now. The yeah. venue, like I said, is an intimate venue. Yeah. I it's, think that we will sell out this venue. I so think so too, yeah. Get your tickets. Sure. And we're going to um, have a lot of fun. Sammy will be there too. It's going to be yeah. all three of us. Mm-hmm. We're going to play games. We're going to break down. We can't really tell you what we're going to talk about because who knows what the hell. It's going to happen until April 15th. April 15th. At 8 p.m. At 8 p.m. You know, who um, at the bit So you can get tickets at betches.co slash sup live NYC. Mm-hmm. Um, the link should be in the description of this episode. Yes. So just like quick sidebar and click yes. on that link and buy your ticket. Also, if you go to the sub section of our website, you will find the ability to get the ticket. Also, if you're signed up for our newsletter, which you should be, it's in the newsletter. So yep. there are lots of options for you, our mm-hmm. precious, loyal SUP fans, to yes. come see us here in NYC. And we'd love to see you. Yes. So, Elise, what is getting you through this week in Trump's America? Uh, just, I, 
how do I explain why this is getting me through? This thing is getting me through this week in Trump's America because it proves what like a depraved and small and sad individual the president is. Mm-hmm. Uh, his attacks on John McCain. Yeah. Which have been... The man has been dead for seven months. He's dead. These attacks have been r- relentless. It's bizarre. I mean, Sammy and I talked about it a little bit, but it's it's very obvious that he's jealous of the attention that a dead person got. Like, he's still... <laughs> mad that for one day everybody was talking about this other guy and yeah. he's like he's genuinely mad about it yeah and also it keeps making me feel bad for megan mccain which yes. i don't appreciate i know i'm like i don't want to have to feel bad for megan mccain but yeah. in this instance i do yeah your dad died seven months ago and you've got this dumb asshole just like covered in like chicken grease yeah saying mean stuff about your dead and dad not, and like none of your dad dead dad's friends are like coming to his defense really yeah it's- so let me let me break down w- what has happened here um and i just want to read word for word this headline from the root that really made me laugh um president bone spurs continues his assault on dead war hero john mccain and even his base doesn't like it so <laughs> Basically, um, so this started a couple days ago. Trump started tweeting about John McCain. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the reason that that happened is because basically these um, this deposition was unsealed by this guy named David Kramer, who was a friend of John McCain. And in the deposition, he talks about how John McCain had gotten a copy of the Steele dossier mm-hmm. uh, of P-tape fame. Yeah. Uh, so McCain, and this has been known. McCain actually talks about this in his book. McCain gets a copy of the Steele dossier through someone that David Kramer introduced him to. McCain is like, well, I don't know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. So he handed it over to the FBI. Yeah. That's McCain's involvement with the dossier. Trump thinks that McCain should have shredded it or not done anything or peed on it himself. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. They have a history of like not knowing what to do with when they get that sort of information. For example, you know, when they were told that they could get dirt on Hillary Clinton instead yes. of from a foreign power, instead of going to our government officials, they kept it for themselves and tried to use it. Yes, exactly. So, but that's not how it's, I quote unquote, supposed to work. No, I mean, <laughs> so, another ti- like diatribe mm-hmm. or whatever. Yes. Um, tangent. Tangent. Uh, is that when Gore got uh, his when got Bush's prep questions, he gave them to the yeah, FBI. Yeah, that's like that's this whole other story where basically like during Bush v. Gore, Gore like someone anonymously sent a bunch of like information about George W. Bush his prep questions, his prep questions for a debate, like his like answers. And oh yeah, like ba- like they sent it to Gore, yeah. and instead of using it, the Gore campaign immediately turned it over to the FBI because they were like, this is shady. Yeah. So anyway, that's what John McCain did. This has all come back up because of this deposition, which is why Trump started tweeting about John McCain the other day, called him last in his class, et cetera, et cetera. Then does not end there. Then he goes to, he makes an appearance at the General Dynamics Tank Factory in Lima, Ohio, and he just can't stop himself. So he he starts going off on McCain saying that he didn't get the job done for veterans. So then he goes into the most famous line of this whole thing, and I think we have a clip of that right now. I endorsed his request, and I gave him the kind of funeral that he wanted, which as president, I had to approve. 
I don't care about this. I didn't get thank you. That's okay. We sent him on the way, but I wasn't a fan of John McCain. So now what we could say is, now we're all set. I don't think I have to answer that question, but the press keeps, what do you think of McCain? What do you think? Not my kind of guy, but some people like him, and I think that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Not my kind of guy, just like a full war hero. (laughs) Uh And also, it's like... No one's, but no one's asking about John McCain out of the blue. Yeah, you are talking. You're shit talking about him. about him, so we're asking you, why are you talking about John McCain? And then he's like, I don't like him. Also, so why are you still talking about? Him? I mean, we've talked to, to say no one thanked me for giving him a funeral is so fully psychotic. And he says that he had to approve it, which false. Like yeah. that's actually not true. What he did approve was using Air Force 2 to like transport his body, so that's probably what, what he's What a good ref- guy. Yeah, wow, you were nice at someone's funeral. Yeah, when someone died, you were able to show a ounce of compassion by yeah. allowing people to fly a plane. Were you really yeah. all you had to do is say yes. Literally, he did what truly any decent person would do. But because he is not a decent person, it took it was a lot of like emotional effort for him to do this very like yeah. normal thing, which is to like honor someone who died. Yeah. But he because he is so black in his soul and so fucked up, he's like, but I did the funeral and I could have not done the funeral because yeah. that's how big of an ass. You guys know how big of an asshole I am. <laughs> and I didn't even act like an asshole that one time. <laughs> like, oh gosh. He's, I mean, it just, it, he's the worst. He's the worst. Person. He's the worst. And then he's so, so bad. It's like other. And then, so it's like, everyone is like, what is Mitch McConnell saying? So Mitch McConnell tweeted today and every day. I miss my good friend, John McCain. It was a blessing to serve alongside a rare Patriot and genuine American hero in the Senate. His memory continues to remind me every day that our nation is sustained by the sacrifices of hero. Um, so a running theme with all these like fucking responses is no one is condemning what Trump is saying. No, they're but ju- they're just saying John McCain was a great guy. Yeah, they're like 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 this was like sort of a sub tweet. Then Lindsey Graham, who's supposed to be John McCain's best freaking friend, yeah. best friends, he was like. <laughs> Uh, I, I listened to a podcast where they called him the Gilligan to John McCain's mm-hmm. skipper, which I think is very true. And all he said was, I don't like when he says things about my friend John McCain. I think the best thing uh, the best thing that can happen, I think, is for all of us to move forward. Lindsey Graham is so fair weather. He only yeah. cares about getting reelected. And Did that's basically it. Literally like. Do they have information on him? Like, what is going on? He has a 2020 um, election coming up for Senate in a contentious state. And he just, yeah. And he needs the Trump supporters to back him. Because, you know, when he was running for, like, the president in the primaries uh, in 2016, he was, like, one of the more centrist Republicans. Yeah, and he called Trump, like, all these names. He was like, he's a racist and a bigot and all this stuff. And now... And I remember, like, Al Franken, uh, when uh, when he was doing his book tour, he's like, Al Franken was like, Lindsay, if I was a Republican, I'd be voting for you. And um, Lindsey Graham was like, that's the problem. But now he's, like, completely 180'd. Yes. There's actually a really good episode of The Daily Mm -hmm. that's just called What Happened to Lindsey Graham that, like, sort of 
outlines like who he was and then who he is now, which is like so bizarrely yeah. all in for Trump. Also, never forget his full meltdown at the Dur- Brett Kavanaugh hearing. Oh, my God. He's like, th- I feel like that really fucked him over in terms of being able to work in a bipartisan way. That was his whole thing. His mm-hmm. like bread and butter as uh, like before now was being similar to John McCain, like someone who could get shit done across the aisle, someone who could work with people and would speak his mind yeah. and all this stuff. And it's, I mean, it's bizarre. The one person who did come out swinging is uh, the one Republican who came out swinging is uh, Georgia Senator Johnny Isaacson, who said uh, it's deplorable what he said. That's what I said on the floor of the Senate seven months ago. It'll be deplorable seven months from now if he says it again, and I will continue to speak out. So he directly, and he used like a trigger word mm-hmm. for Trump, which is deplorable. Yeah. He like, yeah, he threw that, that right back. In back. Their face. <sighs> it is just it Hillary is just was crazy. right when she said that by the way anyway yeah <laughs> just by the by when she said that deplorables line she was right yeah uh, <laughs> she was not wrong also a lot of that steel dossier that we keep talking about it's turning out to be more and more true a lot of stuff in it has proven to be true with one notable exception that which we is, still don't know about yes I, the want PT. It, I want it to come to fruition I I do think, you know, there's so why would the why would there just be this one crazy yeah detail in there? I don't know. Amongst all these, like why would you discredit all your like things that are true by just adding this P tape thing in? I don't know. But I don't, I don't know. Would. But I don't but I don't know. I, I the things are so crazy that it's like of course me like I I wouldn't be surprised if it mm-hmm. existed. It's crazy that it's even a rumor. Yeah. Like, isn't it wild that there's a rumor of that? Yes. And it lives sort of in like the world of like credible things that Mm -hmm. could happen where you would be like, oh my God, that's nasty. But okay. Yeah. I get it. (sighs) Uh, I get the peeing. All right. (laughs) All right. Should we dive into our main news for today? Yeah. So we wanted to take a little time today to just do an update on on some of these 2020 candidates, what they're up to, what they're talking about, mm-hmm. all that stuff. We're not going to endorse anyone today. We're just no. going to give a little update on everybody, uh, starting with someone who's actually not fully in the race. Yet. Yes. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. So the rumor is Joe's getting ready to announce. Mm -hmm. And he actually had a slip up over the weekend. Yeah, where he like referred to himself as running. running, And he's like, and then he's like, I mean, if I were to run, it was (laughs) very classic Joe Biden. Yeah. Like, like that one time when he like uh, whispered to Obama, like, this is a big fucking deal. Yeah. Signing Obamacare. And his mic was hot. (laughs) Oh, Joe. Oh, Joe. Um, So, yeah. He's getting ready to announce, but now the rumor is that he is not only just announcing a presidential campaign, but a presidential and vice presidential campaign. Yes. So basically, uh, Joe Biden is rumored to have met with Stacey Abrams last week. Mm -hmm. Stacey Abrams obviously ran for governor of Georgia, lost in sort of a bullshit way. Yeah. She gave the Democratic response and got... For for a response, she got pre, uh, for a response, she got a good response. Yeah, because <laughs> usually people get terrible responses. Yeah, usually to that those response. things are so awkward it, and it, weird. It gave us the Marco Rubio water moment. Yes, uh, the um, Joe Kennedy um, spittle. spittle moment. <laughs> yeah, um, who else had a really weird one? 
There's been a lot. There's been a lot. There was that one guy, Bobby Jindal did mm-hmm. one that ruined his career. Yeah. Did 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 a woman do one? Did Michelle Bachman? No, no. Okay. Anyway, we'll we'll think about it another time. Either way, they do really bad, but she did like fairly well. Yeah, well enough to not garner any criticism. People love her. Uh, she's obviously a black woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, I mean, she rocks as a candidate. So the rumor is that Biden is going to announce and say, and also Stacey Abrams is always my, already my running mate. Yeah. Which I think is a smart move on his part. I mean, I feel conflicted, mm-hmm. you know, because like obviously it will bring a bit like a demographic that he would be worried about bringing in for himself like yeah. as Joe Biden, like. Because as like you, we could see like during the Alabama spe- uh, Senate special election that you know African American women really brought brought it over for Doug Jones. Yeah, and a lot of in these king key swing states, the African American vote and the female vote really will help. Like yes. you know, especially when it's like tens of thousands of votes yes. makes a difference. And like you know, there's a lot of talk around like the do the Democrats want to put up a straight white male mm-hmm. candidate right now. However, I do feel like it limits him in the sense that, you know, say he does get the democratic nomination. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of strong women. There's a str- lot of strong women of color who he could use as like running mate. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like what if Kamala does great uh, yeah. throughout the whole, uh, but I get, I mean, I think it's a strong move to basically, I mean, Stacey Abrams is an amazing candidate, so yeah. it's great to have her on your ticket. She's also met with Elizabeth Warren and Kamala and mm-hmm. a couple other people. So I said this in the newsletter, but she's sort of like the bachelorette of the election right now. <laughs> like, who's she going to give the rose to? Who's she going to choose? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Reality Steve says that Joe Biden's going to win. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, but I, I get why he's it seems like a shrewd move to me mm-hmm. in that he'll come out swinging with all like he'll get through the primary like he'll enter it already having addressed this sort of huge criticism of him, which is that he's an old straight you know, white guy. And then I wonder, but like, you know, I feel like a lot of the male presidential candidates have already like made it like a stance saying that if they get the nomination, they will choose a woman. Well, one person, John Hickenlooper, who is someone who's running apparently. Yeah. uh, He did his CNN town hall, which like these town halls are great, by the way. Yes. They're really good. So he did his town hall and they asked him if he would choose a woman for his running mate. And he was like, well, why aren't any of the woman candidates being asked if they're going to choose a man? And it's like, like, because there's been a man as president forever. It's like, because, it's it was a very um like well why is there no men's history month yeah like, exactly where's it's like my because white history all month? of them have been men anyway john hickenlooper just a weird choice for yeah. him to make when he's like not a front runner at all also yeah like just to, like sometimes he will say things i'm like why are you saying that at all you yeah, know like, like it's unnecessary like i get i get that you think you're being really like clever yeah. in this moment like you think you're being like well actually yeah mm, <laughs> have you thought about men <laughs> like, yeah it's like dude yeah read not, the not, fucking room not the time exactly like look at the look at what 
people in your party want like you got to get through a primary dude you're not going to do it that way yeah but anyway no one cares about him uh yeah <laughs> people barely know that he's even running you know uh, and we also recently got beto in the race um we did and he raised a crazy amount of money yes he, so he's cra- he's re- he's raised the most amount of money in 24 hours in the first 24 hours of his presidential campaign he raised 6.1 million dollars which is a lot of green uh Coming in second was Bernie, and he raised five point nine million. And then third, Kamala Harris at one point five. That's pretty good. And when and you got to think about like Bernie has a really robust email list from twenty sixteen. Beto has a really robust email list from twenty eighteen. Yeah. So that's why they were able to just like organize that real fast. Yeah, like, social media campaign. Yeah, but you know it also comes into the correlation of you know press coverage and news coverage uh, like 538 released an article with like a graphic talking about how much coverage each candidate got when they announced and bernie and beto are the first number one and number two is beto top no bernie is number one wow that surprises me because i feel like she was crazy well <laughs> beto did like the sexy vanity fair yeah like texas denim photo shoot or whatever i feel like yeah I feel like the response to Beto's announcement has been really interesting because, like, we were all like so in love with him for mm-hmm. so long, and then I, when I was on Twitter afterwards, everyone was just like so snarky. Yeah, Inclu- I mean, okay, look, I made a lot of jokes about him skateboarding at the debates, and I stand by them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like Beto. I'm not. I I've been saying this for a while, but I'm not going to make any decisions, uh, like about what I'm going to do or really start like backing anyone until I see the debates. I feel like that's really, I feel like that's really going to show us like which candidates are inspiring to people, Mm -hmm. which candidates like are checking all my boxes until then I'm watching, I'm listening. Like I'm wondering if I'm curious is, is like because Beto is so charismatic and he was like running against like literal human garbage Mm -hmm. that he just seemed like such an amazing person in the uh, Texas Senate race that like in comparison to Ted Cruz, it's like, wow, he's, he's so presidential. He's the candidate for me. And now that he's not running against, you know, human excrement. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Someone who makes you feel like you just walked through a spider's web. Like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I need to shower every time I like lay eyes on Ted Cruz. Um, that maybe he isn't, isn't like that great. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that is a good point where it's like, he was running against someone who liberals revile, like who, like he's, he was running against just sort of like a loose booger of a man. Mm -hmm. And now he's running against Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, like people Mm -hmm. who have similar ideas to him, people who we like. The way, the way that Beto talks about his wife, I feel like he thinks is like, in a praising way but sometimes comes across as a little condescending to me i like, did think it was weird that she just sat silently during i thought his campaign video was my potentially my least favorite yeah. of all the campaign videos and i'm a fucking sucker for a campaign mm-hmm. video if you show me your campaign video i'm i want you to be president yeah. for like sort of the full minute that i'm watching yeah. that video but Beto's had Beto had kind of a weird one and his yeah. wife was just like sitting there silently. Mm-hmm. I thought that was odd. He makes a lot of comments about like how like she raises the children. Like she's like the, yeah. you know, like, but like in a way that he's trying to make it seem like I'm so busy. Like I, like I, I wouldn't be able to do any of this without her because otherwise like I would, you know what I mean? Yes. Like she's sacrificing my reason. I'm like, if you know, 
Kirsten Gillibrand was going around making all these sacri- like how her husband is sacrificing so much. Yeah. It's it like it's I don't know if it would play the same way. In this in the same way that I don't think a lot of these women candidates could have had an Annie Leibovitz Vanity Fair cover. Yeah, like imagine if Kirsten Gillibrand mm-hmm. Announced via like denim dusty photo shoot in Vanity Fair. Like yeah. everyone would have been like, that's ridiculous. What I will say though is that Beto did go straight to Iowa, did a bunch of events, and got a lot of really like positive local coverage mm-hmm. in Iowa. So I do think that like you can't count out his ability to connect with people one on one. I think yeah. that's his strength. I think that if he. But that's what he did in Texas. He went to every single county. He got more votes than any Democrat statewide ever. He came mm-hmm. really close to unseating Ted Cruz when that seemed like the biggest pie in the sky dream of all time. And I think that that's his strength is like if he I think if Beto O'Rourke shows up in your town and talks to you like you walk away a Beto fan. Yeah. So I think that's like his big strength. Yeah. Uh, and then I do. But I do think some of the like big national things he did to announce were like a little weird. Like I think the vanity fair shoot, I mean, it was sexy. Yeah. He looked great in the picture, but it's weird. And then I thought his video was a little weird. I don't know. Sometimes like I look at him and I, like I like Beto. Like I, I don't want to say it sound seem like I'm criticizing too much, yeah. but you know what? We should be fucking hard on these people because yeah. they're running for president. Yeah. Um. Sometimes when I watch him speak, like with this like very you know enthusiastic and arm like way, a lot of hand movements. A lot of hand. He's movement, got a lot of hand movements. Which you know, Trump wasn't super wrong about that. But what I would say is like I, he reminds me of like uh, when I'm watching people try and be yes like enigmatic. I'm um, like, yes. you know what I mean? Like when um, Dwight in the office, they're like, <laughs> they're like, just use, a, just shout and use a lot of hand movement, and then everyone loves the speech. Yes, it. Uh, I love that episode of The Office. Yeah. Oh my god, uh, I agree with you there. Uh, Anthony Antamanic, who is like the best Trump impersonator out there, he was a star of the President Show. He tweeted something where he said like that Beto kind of reminds him of John Edwards. Not the medium. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he just like is like he's like a like a, a good sense of the third like the yeah. Third he's eye. like Beto's always talking to ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> Beto got in touch with my grandmother mm-hmm. and gave me a message. No, like John so, Edwards the candidate. imagine during Beto, Beto's like campaign. He's like I'm feeling something over here in this room. Something yeah. to do with an uncle. Yeah, <laughs> that would be so <laughs> funny if during the debates he like goes up to like Kamala and he's like, "You have an uncle who passed," <laughs> and she's like. Yes. <laughs> He's like, he wants you to know that he loved teaching you to ride a bike. And she starts crying. And she's like, oh my God. He did. <laughs> anyway, that would actually be fun. And I would love it if Beto did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, that, is, that would be fun. We should get a medium involved somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, Oprah's spiritual advisor is running, Marianne yeah. Williamson. Maybe she knows something that we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she could become a psychic. I did see a psychic. We talked about it on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my psychic could run. Uh, so then we should talk about Bernie. Yeah, Bernie. Uh, Bernie fell in the shower. <laughs> Bernie fell in the shower, cut his head. Yes, he's he fine medically, yep. but it's just not. When the main thing that you're running against is that you're like too old uh-huh. to fall down in the shower. I know. And then have to come out with like the big band-aid. Yeah. That's not good. I uh, I mean, I have to say, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Bernie Sanders. I, I Obviously, I think he's very smart and intelligent and he's been like ahead of the curve for so long. Yeah. But you know, he's old too. All I mean, I love 
like I'm so glad that basically everyone has adopted his policy positions. Yeah. Like basically every candidate is running on positions that he, he kind of championed. Yeah. So I get why he's in the race. Like yeah. it makes sense. But at the same time you game it out. Let's say he wins. If we, if we want, cause you know, you want to elect a president that's going to serve two terms ultimately. Mm-hmm. So he gets to two terms. He's 87 years old. We've got a 90 year old president. Yeah. Essentially that's not the best. Yes. That's not the best. So it's for me, even though they are Bernie's ideas, I, f- I feel like we can get the Bernie ideas in sort of a less likely to fall down yeah. in the shower and exactly. really seriously yeah. get hurt. And you know, he is you like, I was about to say openly Jewish. He's, He's just openly Jewish. Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, perhaps some people are hiding it in the Senate, but you know, there's also been this whole 20, like, like I feel like part of Trump's 2020 messaging is that Jews are leaving the Democratic Party and that the Democrats are like anti-Semitic and yeah, some so it would be interesting way. to run a Jewish. So it's candidate. like, how would you, how would you argue that against Bernie Sanders? But on the flip side, another uh, candidate I'm excited about is uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Yes, who Pete is, Buttigieg. We who were is talking a ripe 37. We were talking about him a little bit that I'm having. He, the world is having a love affair with Mayor Pete. He's, he is like, so CNN has said he's the hottest candidate right now. He had a really, really good CNN town hall. Yeah. He had a really, really good one. He's done a couple of really smart things. After the New Zealand attack, he released a really beautiful letter that I'd encourage any of you to go look um, that was just to the Muslim community in South Bend, mm-hmm. basically being like, we see you. We love you. You're such an important part of our city. Like, And honestly, it was a really smart move because um, one of the things that he talks about is how being a mayor actually does lend itself nicely to being president. And Mm -hmm. seeing a statement like that kind of does show you how how it is kind of like a mini version of being president. Yeah. Um, And he was also on uh, Morning Joe this week. And Joe Scarborough tweeted about it afterwards saying, Mika and I have been overwhelmed by the reaction Pete Buttigieg got after being on the show. The only other time in 12 years that we heard from as many people about a guest was after Barack Obama appeared on Morning Joe. He does have a lot of Obama vibes to you know, me. He's super smart. He there's this this other story about him went viral this past week where he is he he can speak Norwegian mm-hmm. and someone was like why do you speak Norwegian he's like oh well I was reading this book that was translated from Norwegian and I really liked it but the rest of the series wasn't translated so I learned Norwegian so I could read the rest of the series unreal just like off the cuff learned Norwegian like what that is probably hard like yeah. I imagine that that's like and yeah I mean learning any language is hard uh-huh. but also like learning to like read a novel in Just, that language like requires another level yeah. of understanding yeah he's like i think feel like he's like so very well versed he speaks like a normal person like he cursed like 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 on pod save interview yes. and it was like so natural that i didn't feel like he was worried that he cursed yeah. or anything he just like it was like he said something about like something being really fucked up or and like, it just, it, like glossed over and i was like oh i'm just like having a conversation with or this you know those that thing when candidates who are like really like trying to be cool curse and you see them like they're like winding up for it and yeah. they're so excited and they're like it's fucked yeah. <laughs> and like they're like waiting for applause or whatever like, She's like it's 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 shit like yeah. i think kirsten gillibrand did that yeah so kirsten like, mm. gillibrand will like throw out like a it's 
bull crap yeah. and you're like i don't and you like can tell they really thought about like how they were gonna say it and yeah. like whatever Pete Buttigieg doesn't have that yeah. energy. And people, you know, people think he's, you know, people are people ready for a gay, pre- openly gay president? Are people, is he have the en- enough experience? No, he doesn't have the re- name recognition. It's like, bro, it's so fucking early. And um, America loves an underdog story. Yes. So you never also, know. Also, people aren't ready for anything until they have it. You know, like Obama faced, are we ready for a black president? Mm-hmm. He's got a funny name. His, I mean, Barack Obama ran during the iraq war his middle name was hussein and his last name sounded like osama and he yeah. fucking won yeah, so, so like that argument like holds nothing yeah for to me. me i'm just like anything can happen i was mm-hmm. saying we were saying this in the office today but i feel like all the rules are out because mm-hmm. like we're in topsy-turvy town now that trump won i think that basically all conventional wisdom i don't put that much stock into yeah. it monkeys are running the zoo like yeah we're in monkey rules now like <laughs> yeah. um elizabeth warren had a pretty big week as well yes uh she had like a big applause moment mm-hmm. uh she did a cnn town hall i we actually have a clip from it that we can play real quick yes. before we get started we need a constitutional amendment that protects the right to vote for every american citizen and to make sure that vote gets counted We need to put some federal muscle behind that. And we need to repeal every one of the voter suppression laws that is out there right now. And I'll tell you one more. We need to make sure that every vote counts. And and I want to push that right here in Mississippi, because I think this is an important point. You know, come a general election, presidential candidates don't come to places like Mississippi. Yeah. They also don't come to places like California and Massachusetts, right? Because we're not the battleground states. Well, my view is that every vote matters. And the way we can make that happen is that we can have national voting. And that means get rid of the electoral college. There, there it is. Yeah, a lot of Twitter comments about that. Yeah, and what I'm going to say is like, Elizabeth Warren has been coming out with the policy proposals. Like, Mm -hmm. she, she is releasing big things. I mean, her campaign is really well thought out, and she is awesome when you hear her speak. Like, well, she also just released this plan to break up the big tech companies, Facebook, Amazon, Google. She was like, they're monopolies. If I become president, we're going to break them up. So she's, I think her and Bernie are the top for kind of setting the bar for policy proposals. Like the other candidates seem to kind of just be adopting what basically those two are saying. And those two are so ideologically similar that it's kind of interesting to have them both Mm -hmm. in the race. And I I do feel like it makes it harder for Bernie when it's like, okay, you're you know, we, you have this age thing against you and we have another candidate who is championing the same progressive proposals and is like decades younger. I don't know how much younger she is, but she is younger she's than a, Bernie. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely younger than Bernie and she definitely didn't just fall down in the show. No. And she is like, I'm. she's so fucking smart too. She's so Which smart. is like one of those like things that, you know, God forbid it goes it works against her because, it, you know, it could. You People are like, know. you know, she talks too smart for me. 
Um, I do think she has like a folksy way of talking yeah. about things, though, which is a little different. Like, I think Hillary Clinton could sound kind of clinical. And like, yeah, I mean, Hillary Clinton was the smartest person She's, is the smartest person in any room that she walks into. Mm-hmm. And that intimidates people. Elizabeth Warren, also extremely smart. But I think she has a more like down down home girl vibe i initially when she got in i was like there's no way she could win because of all the dna stuff and i think that is something that's going to be really hard for her but after like seeing the sort of really like precise and thoughtful way she's putting out her campaign i am not counting liz out at all no i'm really like there's only like maybe a couple people that we don't even need to talk about that i'll count out hickenlooper yeah you know or tulsi gabbard like i don't think she will be the 2020 democratic no but you know i'm really excited about a few of these people and i can't wait to see what happens yeah i feel like um well i mean kamala had a really good rollout she had like two hundred thousand people come Mm -hmm. to her announcement i feel like i have a lot of money heard a ton from her in the past couple I think she's probably weeks. laying low you know she had a big she had a big rollout yeah I she think did the she, book tour yes and now she's probably like okay I don't want to annoy everyone so I'm going to be quiet yes. for a little bit bookers out there as well mm-hmm. he had a really good campaign video yeah he he his video that was a good good video Amy Klobuchar um she's a good like you know more centrist candidate you yeah know, that's definitely what she's gunning yeah for. she's like she's she's going for like she'll you know work across the aisle um she's not adopting as much of the progressive policies as like warren or sanders are yes um she had that interesting rollout in the snow but then it came out that she eats salad with a comb yeah so that was hard the stuff She's definitely going to be dogged by the allegations that she's mean to her staff, which I just really I don't think plays well with the Democratic base at all. I mean, I don't know who being a mean boss plays well with, but I feel like when there's so much like um, populist energy around like workers and workers rights to be someone who they say like you're mean to your employees that's not great. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm looking to hear more from Julian Castro, you know. Um, Yeah. I want to hear more about him. Yeah, he's he's also a really smart, interesting candidate. I think all of this is going to come down to the debates. Once the debates start, we're yeah. going to be able to see who's really going to shine. In my opinion, I think a lot of this election is going to come down to like who makes people feel mm-hmm. good because I think that people are really exhausted right now. I think I think even Democrats and Republicans, people across the aisle, maybe only just like Trump's most ravenous base people. I think people are just exhausted by the drama. And so I feel like whatever candidate not only has like progressive policies that people like, but also makes people feel like, oh, man, if they were in there, I would just feel so much better. Someone who's like, we're going to get back to some normal fucking behavior and i'm not gonna tweet dunking on dead war heroes and i'm not gonna like make like and like try and excuse white supremacy yeah and it's not gonna be just chaos every day yeah i think i think a lot of it i think this is gonna come down to policies definitely but i think a lot of this election is gonna come down to like feeling yeah and i don't think like i think that people are gonna ultimately go with a candidate that makes them just like feel good. Yeah. I don't want the drama anymore. It's like, I don't want, you know, a presidential top aide 
husband being attacked by the president on Twitter. Like, yeah. it's fucking crazy. And for me to know, like, all this, like, oh, Kellyanne Conway's marriage is yeah. weird. Like, I don't... He's a want... terrible husband. It's like, look in the fucking mirror, bro. Yeah, like, I just... I think that we're exhausted. I'm, yeah, exhausted. I'm exhausted. Everyone's fucking exhausted. And I want like, I want like real policy. I want to know like how, how my healthcare is going to get cheaper. I want, you know, yeah. I just want a real president, yeah. like a real president who knows shit. Also like, just like, I, I just climate change, man. That things keep, that keeps me up at night, you know? I know. And we, right now we have someone who tweets when it's like hot in New York in the winter. It's like, Oh, we could use some global warming. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm well, over that. Jay, Inslee, I believe, mm-hmm. is one of the sort of lesser known candidates, but his whole thing is being the climate change candidate to yeah. like push that agenda, which I think is I'm glad to have someone in the race who's like, I'm going to start putting out climate change proposals because then whoever if he puts out some really popular stuff, whoever ultimately is the nominee is probably going to pick and choose from a lot of the different policies that were popular on the stage yeah you know like they're all listening to each other and seeing what's working and creating their own things and so that's what i think is good about having such a like large primary with all these people putting out ideas is no matter who gets chosen at the end like they're probably going to take on some of the more popular ideas from other candidates yeah you know yeah yeah. So we'll just have to see how it all plays out. Yeah, but it's exciting. We've got good. I mean, there are good people running in yeah. this race. A lot of really interesting, cool candidates, thoughtful people. Yeah, the debate's coming in June, July. We'll, yes. It's, it'll it's, be here sooner than we think. Yeah, and it's we'll, interesting. And we'll know about Biden by then. Biden will have announced by then. He'll have, he'll have announced something. Yeah, he'll have done something. And yeah. Stacey Abrams will have made her choice. Yeah, so should we move on? One more thing? Yes, let's move on to one more thing. Yeah, so this is interesting. So the U.S. Women's uh, World Cup is in France this year. It's starting in June. And uh, recently, the U.S. Women's Soccer Team has filed suit against the U.S. Soccer Federation claiming institutionalized gender discrimination. Interesting. Yeah, so in in the lawsuit, they allege that despite doing the same work as the men's team, the women are getting lesser training facilities, travel, coaching, and pay. Um, here's a quote from the suit: uh, Female players have consistently paid less money, have been paid less money than their male cu- counterparts. This is true, even though female players' performance has been superior to that of the male players. Boom, shade. Boom. With the female players, in contrast to male players, becoming world champions. Boom, shade. So here's some facts behind that. The women's team placed first in the 2015 World Cup. The men didn't even make it past the round of 16, which is like they weren't even in the World Cup, which is really fucking embarrassing. The women's team has medaled in every Olympics since 1991, except 2016, but placed first in 96, 2004, 2008, and 2012, and was ranked number one or two since 2003. In the world. The men's team hasn't medaled in a single Olympics since 1930. Wow. Yes. Wow. It's really bad. And yet the men are still paid more. Just how extreme is the difference? Okay. In 2016, if a woman won every required game that she played in, she'd make $99,000. Okay. And if a man, if they won every single game, they would win (gasps) $263,000. Oh my God. That's, it's so much more. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh huh. So like basically like the they have a certain salary, but if they win a game, they make more. Like okay. it's a bonus. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I don't think that women are necessarily assured that. 
Um, five members of the women's team has cited these figures and many of the same inequities, uh, you know, with big names like Carly Lloyd, um, Alex Morgan and Megan Rapinoe. They're amplifying the suit and they're trying to get everyone paid like around the same level. Yes. It's just crazy because the girls team, the women's team is fucking awesome. Yeah. It's, it's wild what female athletes have to go through just to get like recognized yeah. and paid. When I, when I was in Cuba, we met with these two, uh, female boxers who, train with like the cuban olympic boxers team cuba has like a really good male boxing team but the government will not put forward a woman's boxing team because they don't think that it's like ladylike or they don't think that they should so they're like just fighting they're like just put us in the fucking olympics it's another team in the olympics we're really good we train with the men we're training the same like we could get it's another gold medal for the country if you just put us in the fucking olympics i don't get why we wouldn't like the you know the u.s soccer federation wouldn't want to amplify how great our women's team is you know what i mean like you think the marketing and would be behind it and they'd, they'd be able to bring in more money because everyone loves to root for winners yeah and i feel like um I feel like when I was younger, there was a lot like Mia Hamm yeah, was Mia like Hamm, a big deal. Brandy Chastain. And a lot of women like play soccer, mm-hmm. like they do like youth soccer and stuff. So I feel like if they leaned hard into that, like they could start ma- like women would start going to soccer games yeah. and shit. Like they could, I mean, women and men, but I feel like if they really leaned into it and were like, hey, this is like, this is our awesome women's mm-hmm. team. And like, you guys should come support these women, especially now when like, there's a lot of activism around yeah. women and stuff. It just seems like such a missed opportunity for yeah. them. And so this will probably get a lot more attention as the World Cup gets closer. So this yes. is something to keep an eye on for that. All right. Well, yeah. that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, guys, until the end of Democracy, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. Betches.